0: Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor and Five Reasons Sports Network. Thank you for finding us on your favorite podcast app or on Dash Radio. If you don't have Dash Radio yet, download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. I also have a new show that is not just heat, although I do a lot of heat on it, uh, on OnsideRadio.com. Had Greg Sylvander on today, so we will have others from the Five on the Floor family there. So check that out. That's onsideradio.com every day at 10 a.m. And also, of course, check out our website, fivereasonsports.com, for free coverage, not just of the Miami Heat, but also of the Dolphins, Inter-Miami uh, Inner, Inner CF, as well as the Hurricanes. We're taking a, a couple of weeks off now. The Marlins, the Panthers, and... More. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. If you've had a car accident, if you've had a slip and fall, if you were hurt as a result of someone else's negligence, you've got to give the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg a call. They're available 24 7 at onecalllegal.com. That's O N E calllegal.com. Or you can call 1 855 5000 Law. and that's 1 855 5000 Law. The phone number is one, excuse me, the website is onecalllegal.com with a centralized office. Located right off of 95 in Miami, it's right off of 107th Street, just south of the Golden Glades, right there. They're ready to take on your case, whether it's in South Florida or anywhere else in the state. So say hello to David, to Mendy, to Cassandra, to Eric, uh, to the entire great crew, to Joe down there at Seltzer Mayberg. Tell them five reasons sent you. They'll take great care of you and they will likely catch your traffic ticket thrown out. So that's Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, onecalleagle.com. And now
1: today's episode one two three four five on the floor
2: welcome to five on the floor a daily show on the miami heat and the nba featuring ethan skolnick with alphonse sydney alex toledo and greg sylvander part of the five Reasons sports network
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. We're trying to produce these podcasts quickly because it feels like as soon as we put them out, the news changes. We obviously want you to catch up with our stream on Wednesday night during the draft and our Friday night stream. Those are both going to be on our YouTube channel. So for the draft and for free agency, today's floor plan, I've got Alphonse Sidney with me. Alex Lillito may join. Ashley Nicole Moss will join. She's committed to joining here tonight. So we're going to have her on a little bit later in the podcast to talk about some of her reporting and how she kind of became, in some ways, a heat reporter here over the past couple of weeks. So we'll get into uh, some of what's going on with her. But Alf and I, at the very beginning here, want to address what's happened in the past 24 hours since we did our last pod. And the big news, Alf, was after I think we all were asleep, because you and I are old, um, Drew Holiday was traded in the middle of the night from new Orleans to Milwaukee for three first round picks and pick swaps. And now there's a report that Boston always, Boston yeah. is always close. Danny is always close and nobody wants his offers uh, that he essentially, it's, it's always huge offers too, that he essentially offered Gordon Hayward and three first round picks. And apparently David Griffin and Stan Van Gundy chose the Milwaukee offer instead. If the Boston offer ever actually existed, your thoughts, just before we get to the, the impact on the heat, your thoughts on the trade?
3: I guess my thoughts are that is a lot to give up and it reeks of desperation. Um, I like Drew Holiday. I think we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, how perfect a fit he would be here in Miami for the right price, of course, right? Um, I just feel like what the Bucks did, that was, like I said, reeks of desperation. Like, we don't want to lose Giannis. We have to show him that we are committed to to creating a team that can win right now and in doing so and then also trading for bogdanovich which we'll probably get into a little bit more they have you know it looks on the surface like win now moves but it's a lot of it sounds to me kind of like uh, alex who's joining us now kind of <laughs> pointed out it's uh you know it's modern day anton jameson in the last year of lebron on the Cavs, right It's, it just feels like it's, it's a good move. It's a, it's a move that makes your team better. But if you're going to mortgage the future and you're just going to give up, you're basically going to empty the clip of all your assets for guys that I don't necessarily think get you over the hump or move the needle in any significant way. It just it feels desperate. It feels like they're trying to hang on to a superstar, and I don't know if it's necessarily going to work out. I don't know if the Bucs are that much better today than they were when the Heat beat them in the playoffs, 4-1. to one.
0: Well, All right, let's look at their team, right? Uh, again, we, before we get into the Heat impact, although it's hard for us to look past that, but if you just look at their team, Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe is an upgrade, although it's, it's crazy. If you actually look at Bledsoe's stats in Phoenix the year before he was traded as opposed to Drew's stats now—they're the same. I believe Drew Holiday is a better uh-huh. player. I think that's been proven out in the postseason. But Bledsoe, in some ways, is kind of a mini Drew. He's a bulldog defender. He's not really a true point guard. He's a kind of a below-average shooter. Drew, over the course of his career, has not been a plus three-point shooter. He's been an average three-point shooter. So, do I like Drew Holiday better? Yes. Uh, is he an upgrade? Absolutely. Is he that much of an upgrade? I, I don't know. Okay. Then you look at what else was given up here. Um, You gave up basically the guy who ran your second unit in George Hill. You gave up DiVincenzo who I like as a player. He's a good depth guy with some upside. Um, So you've lost those two pieces. Now you did bring in Bogdanovich. I like his game a lot. I think people confuse him obviously with the other Bogdanovich on Utah. He's a little bit more of a ball handler. Um, He's not as good of a shooter, but he's a, he's a plus shooter. He's a good player. They're both good players. But if you look at their starting lineup now, it's okay. So it's Drew, it's Vandanovic, it's Lopez, right? Brooke, because Robin opted out. It's Brooke, it's Middleton, and it's Giannis. And then it's What?
3: Like, like I I mean, they decimated their bench. What? Well, you
0: retired Marvin Williams, so that's your fault. I
3: did, you know, and so honestly, I feel bad now because they really could use Marvin Williams next year. (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah, they have, they have no, they have absolutely no depth, and they don't have any draft picks for. I mean, not any. They, I mean, they've given up uh, on the future basically when it comes to their the pick scenario. So, I guess you know, it they. It's the, it's the right move for them, right? Because people like you, you know, I look at it and say you mortgage your future, but what really is mortgaging the future is standing there doing nothing while you lose the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. So they have to do everything they can. And because they're Milwaukee, this is their best shot to get anybody because
0: they're not going to get free agents in Milwaukee. But did they so- panic out? Let, let me throw this to Alex if he's on now. Do, do you think that they panicked in, in the sense of uh, you know maybe you could if you're trying to keep Giannis maybe Giannis asked for Drew I mean Jimmy asked for Drew so maybe Giannis asked for Drew but like could you have waited this out and maybe said okay see how things played out in Washington with Beal because maybe he would have been a better fit with him or after Chris Paul goes you just don't have a choice you got to get Drew
2: yeah I pretty much am with you right there like I think uh, if you're a Heat fan, you got to celebrate that Chris Paul didn't end up on the Bucs. I really do think he could have taken them to the finals for real. Like, the Bucs are probably going to go into the season as the, the favorites to go to the finals unless the Harden trade ends up happening and you go to Brooklyn. But at the end of the day, like, I'm with everything that I've said. I feel like they gave up too much depth, not necessarily also in, in, in the trades by itself, but just the fact that they gave up all the picks, the three picks and two pick swaps. You talk about uh, Robin Lopez. He's going to be a free agent. I'll uh, mentioned Marvin Williams. Like, I think they lost out on George Hill. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to bring back Wesley Matthews. And all of a sudden, the, the team that had the best bench in the league in the regular season is completely decimated. And I think it was the right move in the sense that, you, you know, this is it. You're Milwaukee. You're not going to get other free agents. You're not going to get another generational talent like this for, the, you know, in, in the next 10, 15, 20 years, for all you know. I think this is the time to, to make that type of trade. There's definitely still holes to pick in the Bucks next year. But there's no doubt about it. This is an upgrade. Like, I don't think they've completely solved all their problems or anything like that, but it's an absolutely an upgrade over last season. And, yeah, like, I, I think Drew is going to be somebody that. that's exactly what they need. And then you talk about Bogdanovich, another guy who can create, another guy who can shoot. I still do think that the Heat are going to have ways to beat them if they do get matched up in the playoffs again. Like, I don't think this completely takes the Heat out of the picture. Like, a lot of, I think, Heat fans were acting like, yeah, I think this...
0: Well, it's more, it's more of a question if it takes him out of the picture for Giannis long-term. I don't think it takes him out of the picture to beat them in the playoffs. I mean, well, we're going to get to West in a second. But the other thing about this is they didn't change their coach. And their coach already doesn't play Giannis very much. And now they've decimated the depth. And this feels to me so much like... And I've been, look, I've been saying it for a year, but it just feels so much like the Cleveland situation. And now it's kind of like... You know the last part of this is 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 do you end the the last part of this is do you do you end up in a situation where you know the only thing you can offer Giannis is sacrificing the head coach, right? Like I, yeah. I mean that's I mean you went you went and got the players and almost feels like okay we're going to give this a chance with Bud and at the end of the year we don't get far enough we'll say to Giannis okay we're going to replace the coach. Of course there is a decision that needs to be made before that, right? So you're looking at December was it December 15th or 21st that Giannis has to make this decision about the Supermax mm-hmm. I mean that's what we're all looking at right now right I mean in, in your view I, I'll go us both of you does Milwaukee make this move if they don't have a commitment from Giannis? yeah yeah they do it anyway they, they take you the chance to. like
3: you have to show him something right because you can't trade him, you cannot be the small market team that trades Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like you just can't do it. Um, I believe that was the Bucks that did that. Um, you can't, you can't be that team. You have to do something. You, you know, I don't think the fan base is going to blame them two years down the line when you know they don't have a pick until uh, Alex can drink legally. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex, uh, you took a stray, but- um, That's great. I think you meant Brady. That's Oh my, Oh, yeah, Brady, I'm sorry. Brady. Um, Brady. But you have to do something, but like, is it enough? We, right now they have like seven spots that have to be taken up by minimum salaries, right? And when you put together Kawhi and Paul George or LeBron and Anthony Davis, or the big three in Miami. That's okay. Like you you can have minimum salaries all up and down the bench. It's oh it's not a big deal because that you're you're gonna be top heavy anyway. But when your quote unquote big three is Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton, like <laughs> you need more than vet minimums to to you know to to balance that roster out. It's to me, it's just not it's not enough, especially with Kevin Durant and James Harden and, I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and possibly James Harden. I just, it's, it's like we've been saying over and over, Ethan, me and you agree on this. This is so eerily uh, just like LeBron's last year in
0: Cleveland. Yeah, it, it, It's the same. It, it's the same in virtually every way, except I don't think Giannis will quit on them the way that LeBron quit on them, but we'll see on the super max. I'm not sure about it. I one more thing before we bring uh, Ashley Nicole on here, I said today with Greg on my show on onside radio that I still think the most likely scenario for the heat with everything that's the way it's playing out is bring back Dragic. I I heard they're already making progress there. Bring back Dragic and Jay Crowder. Uh, Try to bring back Myers. If he doesn't get an offer significant somewhere else, just try to bring him back into the fold. Uh, Probably let DJJ walk and then try to sign if not all three, but you're trying to sign all three, some combination of Gallinari. Millsap and Matthews with potentially sending out pieces for Gallinari in a sign and trade so that you do have the assets to make, excuse me, to make that work. And that might mean none in Linux as the centerpieces of that. I will ask you guys again, if that's what it turns out to be, and I'm not guaranteeing that, but I'm saying that's the most likely scenario from everything I'm hearing. I know Portland got in the mix for Millsap. Adam reported that a couple days ago, that that was probably going to happen because Millsap's waiting on an answer from the heat and he doesn't have one yet. But if it ends up being those three guys and re-sign, are you happy with the off-season, Alf?
3: Yeah, I mean, I put it out there today. Um, if the Heat have any combination of, like, let's say it's Galinari or Oladipo, right? And then we've talked about this before, Wes Matthews and Paul Millsap splitting the mid-level, and you get to keep Gorn and Jay. I don't know if Jay's able – you're able to keep Jay in that scenario. I believe you are. Um, I believe you can keep those two guys. And you keep Hero, Duncan, Jimmy, and Bam – So you have your core group that got you to the finals last year and you're adding three vets, uh, including, and then you also have Iggy. You, I think as a Heat fan, you have to be just ecstatic with that offseason. Now, what happens is you start seeing shiny things being moved around and Heat fans get apoplectic and say, Riley's sitting on his ass not doing anything because, listen, it's what have you done for lately with, e- with every fan base. But sometimes I feel like Heat Twitter is worse than most. Like, there's there's absolutely no patience. There's, there's no belief in the fact that the organization knows what they're doing, even though time and time again they've proven to you that they know what they're doing. So shut up. But we all know what's happening here. Like people see shiny things moving around and then you present to them Gallinari and Millsap and they they throw their hands up like that's not Harden. You know, it's like it's a spoiled children's syndrome, right? You but know. Alf,
0: if they had gotten Gallinari at the deadline, people would have been ecstatic, right? Like yeah, it, if, if that trade, the trade that netted them Crowder and Iguodala, probably Crowder would have been sent out. But if that trade had netted them Gallinari, the reaction from Heat fans at the deadline would have been thrilled, right?
3: Listen, at the deadline, if I had gotten my kid a PS4, he'd have been happy. But now <laughs> the neighbor across the street got a PS5, and now he thinks he got a piece <laughs> of shit for Christmas.
0: Right, so right. <laughs> That's perfect. You put out T-shirts to that effect. I-, I mean, Alex, would you be satisfied with it? Oh, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. Like
2: I think the fact that, again, this team was two wins away from the finals, and obviously, you're not going to be able to just pen them in for a return to the finals next season. But if you're talking about adding guys of that caliber, especially, you know, two-way players like Millsap and Wes Matthews, and then potentially being able to get Gallinari, too, who we all thought would be a huge upgrade, you know, during the trade deadline, like, I think there's no doubt about it. That's an A off season. Obviously, I think that, you know, Heat fans are going to want to see the Heat try to get in the trade talks. They, they, they just want to see the Heat being mentioned on a Woj or Sham Sharania tweet Mm-hmm. Departed. Like that's really, you just want to see your team on the tweet. I think that's where the
0: rush comes from. <laughs> I agree. I, I No, no, I agree. It's like people who are checking like Instagram or Snapchat all day and they just want to check their notifications to see that somebody noticed them. No, that's exactly right. That No, that, that, that's exactly where we are right now. And I, I think that explains the dilemma here because I, Pat Riley and this team, they're not going to be moved by what the fans want at this point, because they're confident enough in what they've done over the past year and a half to turn this thing around. And they also know there's, there's no reason to panic because if teams are going to be throwing two first round picks at Robert Covington, if they're going to be throwing three first round picks and pick swaps to get drew holiday, there are going to be teams that run out of assets. Like the heat already came into this with as many overall assets as just about any team, but what the Clippers, maybe, I mean, if you look at their young talent, i you not the Clippers, the, the team, the Clippers traded them all to the thunder. Like if you look at their young assets, you look at their salary cap situation, And you look at the attractiveness of market, which Oklahoma City does not have the Heat are right there with everybody. And now you're watching other teams deplete, deplete, deplete. And I don't even know if the Nets thing uh, plays out with Harden and they have to gut their entire roster. And here's the one thing I've heard on Harden. We'll talk to Ashley about this. But the one thing I've heard about Harden is and I know Adam has good information. He believes he's going to get moved. The owner does not want to move him. The owner doesn't want to move him. And, and so I, I, this may become a stalemate and I was told today that Harden is going to have to out Jimmy, Jimmy, what Jimmy did in Minnesota to get out. He's going to have to do more than that. If he wants to get out, we'll see if that's how it plays out. I don't know, but I will say that they're, if they're not going to trade him to Brooklyn without getting a ransom back, which means most of the nets depth, it means probably what Jared, you know, probably,
2: Ben Lavert, Jared Allen,
0: right? Those three yep. start with those and, three And right? draft
2: compensation. Right. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of draft compensation. You're I mean, basically... I don't even know if Brooklyn has uh, picks to trade still, but, uh, but well see, they've Brooklyn's got more in... than
0: they had, but they could leave themselves in the, look, I don't think it's going to be as bad as when they, they trade all that to Ainge for Pierce and, and uh, and Garnett and all that. And, and obviously they were yeah. dinosaurs at that stage, but, but they've been, I don't know that Brooklyn Nets fans, do Brooklyn Nets fans exist if they exist. Wow. I don't they're know. Knicks they're, they're Knicks fans. They're Knicks fans. fans, right? They're, what, they're what about
2: Knicks the Nets fans? fans. I mean, from the from the New Jersey days. I mean, exactly. They're
3: Knicks I, fans. I went to games. At wow, the
0: Alex, <laughs> I went to games at the Meadowlands before you were born. Okay, I got lost trying to get off that exit. There were no fans there. There was. They did not exist. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they 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 did not exist. But I'm just saying, like, do the Nets? Does the Nets as a franchise want to go? They will do it. They will do it. But this is why I'm not 100 percent sure Harden gets traded because I don't. I don't think the owner wants to move him. And now the latest is this wall for Westbrook rumor, which makes no sense to me on either side. except really? that well, Does it make sense to you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, like the other day I was trying to go through like a, kind of a thought exercise of where Russell Westbrook could end up getting traded to other than, you know, kind of the other teams that, that have been mentioned a lot of the kind of the bad teams who could just use a, you know, a big name pro a big name player, like, like Russ. And that was one that made sense to me. Cause it's like, you're really trying to sell Beal. And look, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook is the best sales pitch in the world. But if you're talking about Russell Westbrook, who during the regular season last year was a really good player, or John Wall, who hasn't played in two years, like that's an upgrade. And they both have really similar contracts. So it's just like kind of what happened last year with him and Chris Paul, where it's like the bad contracts getting traded for each other. And I think honestly, it kind of makes sense. It's, I like it. And also that affects the Harden thing a lot, because I think we all know that Harden probably isn't getting moved if, you know, Westbrook doesn't get moved first, but. Again, I don't have information, but I think that that, that, that probably is the, the first domino to fall before Harden getting traded.
0: But Alex, OK, so if the idea is to try to keep Bradley Beal happy in Washington is giving him the most ball dominant point guard in the league, the way well, it's we, one or the regardless other, regardless of the, <laughs> re, well, regardless of the issues that he had with wall and those were real issues. We had Jay Michael on to talk to us about those. And I know they downplayed them, but but also Beal signing the extension. Some of that was tied to wall getting back and getting healthy. And now, you know, according according to Shams, they're shopping him. It's an interesting tact, and I know the Heat are watching it. All right, when we come back, uh, Alex and I and Alf, we're going to talk to Ashley Nicole Moss, who has made a name for herself covering a lot of the Heat stuff in the past couple of weeks. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about that experience and some of the information that she has. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And, of course, that's our friends over at Biscayne. Bay Brewing. This is the official beer of the Five Reasons Sports Network, also of the Miami Marlins and of Inner Miami. This beer is made right here in South Florida. You can get it at your local Publix. Make sure you go to the website and check it out. Make sure it's in stock. If you go to a restaurant, make sure to ask for it. Um, You can ask for, again, the Marlins Lager, the Tropical Bay IPA. Uh, Make sure that you ask because sometimes it's not always on the menu right away. But check out Biscayne Bay Brewing. It's the beer we're drinking. At Five Reasons Sports, this is the only independent brewery in South Florida. I know you've heard of other ones. They're not independently owned anymore. If you want to support South Florida, like they're supporting us and all the content we're putting out, check out Biscayne Bay Brew. I have some here for Alex and for Alf. I haven't drank all of it, so I'll make sure to get it to them. Maybe I can get them to them before the draft, as, as everybody complains when the heat trade out of the 20th pick. So when we come back, I'm going to talk to Ashley Nicole Moss. All right. Welcome back to five on the floor on the five reasons sports network. Again, you can catch us every day on dash radio, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Check out five reasons, and the five reasons YouTube channel where we were doing a live streaming show. Alf, you're going to be there at eight o'clock sharp tomorrow. Sure,
3: I guess. In what condition? Wait, are we really going to start at the beginning of the draft? You asked
0: me if you had said we're going to start said, before the Heat pick, I, I would have allowed you to do that. But you said, I said when do you want to do
3: it?" I said, "Let's start at eight. That's when the draft. I said, starts. "Pick ten, like at least pick like I have to sit through twenty picks yes. of people I've never heard before." Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's going to be great. Uh, can I
0: get you Biscayne Bay brew tomorrow so that you can get one for every pick? Or are you going to be drinking the crown?
3: I know I'm going to need something stronger than Biscayne Bay brew. Um, uh, you
0: can't but, say that about a sponsor. Put the I'm crown not, in the Biscayne Bay brew. <laughs>
3: I'm not saying there's anything <laughs> wrong with it, but Biscayne Bay Brew ain't going to get me to where I need to be to <laughs> pronounce precious Ashukua, whatever his name is. Uh,
0: that's the worst. That's the worst one you've ever done. All right. A let's chocolate? bring, let, let's bring on our guests. Anyway, check out the streaming show. And also we're going to stream Friday night too. That's going to be a disaster. Uh, we're going to bring on Ashley, Nicole Moss. You can follow her on Twitter. I think a lot of you have gotten to know her Twitter handle here over the past week. It's at Ash Nicole Moss. She has been. I'm. You know. I'm going to let you tell your story. What What is your background? I know that you worked. I know that you worked in this market. Other people have been telling your story for the past couple weeks. You tell it.
1: So short and simple. um, FAU grad. So I'm an original New Yorker, though. Came down here for college, and I've been working in Miami sports since I was probably I want to say 22. So fresh out of college started in football, then did a little bit of college football, covered multiple Orange Bowls. Then I kind of worked my way into basketball. I've interviewed Pat Riley. I've interviewed a bunch of the Miami Heat players over the past few seasons. And um, I don't claim, you know, to be an NBA insider. I'm not shams. I'm not dropping these woe bombs. But, you know, my connections being from New York and then starting my career here in Miami have Um, allowed it allowed me or allowed me rather the ability to kind of have my fingers on certain pulses and certain um, networks when it comes to basketball so that's kind of where it is so it's nothing it's not you know it's nothing gonna be kind of like you know the the bombs that you know we're used to from the batman and robin if you will or jordan pippen but it's some good information that I like to share with Heat Twitter. And Heat Twitter is a very special network of people, as you know. So if I hear it, I, I tell it. And that's really much where it is. And you guys can catch me on iHeartRadio. That's where I am now, doing sports radio. And um, that's kind of where my career is at this moment in time.
0: Alf, I'm going to turn this over to you because she mentioned Heat Twitter. You are the de facto Heat Twitter president, although we've although we we, although we, although we we've never had another election. And if you, if you lost, you would protest the results just like someone else. Frankly, a right dictator. Now. <laughs> right, I mean, what Alex? I
3: mean, Alex would be my Giuliani. So I, I
0: was, yeah. Alex is your Giuliani. That's <laughs> right.
3: me well enough, laughed, yeah. out,
0: laughed out of court. That's right. Yeah. What What is he right wow. now? Is Trump? Trump is over for twenty five. I think that's worse. Than one, no, no, 25.
3: one for like twenty six. Okay, on.
0: one for twenty six. All right. So you're so so again. You can speak for heat Twitter in some ways, right? Not for all of it. There's certain corners we don't even acknowledge, but you can speak, <laughs> you, you, you can speak for some of it. They're not the easiest people to went over right no
3: um, and so actually the first thing I want to do is apologize for heat Twitter because <laughs> a- as the president I haven't I haven't gone through your mentions because I like my sanity like I, that's just that's a toxic place I'm trying not to go so one of the things you know even before we get into the reporting and some of the things that you've tweeted out I kind of want to what has it the, the reaction been? To you because you kind of just you know you've been in uh south florida sports for a while uh like i've seen you on instagram you have your radio show um you're always you're you're always talking to uh, local athletes you're doing your thing but this whole like reporting on heat transactions is kind of new to you and like i said i know we're a bunch of savages like how has the reaction been to you
1: (laughs) Um it's been intense to say the least. Um, you know, it's been very intense, you know, especially. The story that really kind of started everything was my report on Giannis and the potential talks going on regarding that situation and you know I I guess I broke the news that he has property down here in Miami and that was some sort of a bomb to people I mean Mm -hmm. I thought that that was common knowledge that Giannis you know enjoys spending parts of his offseason here not all of it obviously he spends most of it in his home of Greece but I thought that was common knowledge when I dropped it, I was getting it from Heat fans, I was getting it from Bucks fans and that Bucks Twitter is a whole different stratosphere. So um, it's been intense. I think, you know, with the good there always is bad. And there have been people on Heat Twitter who've been very receptive and very welcoming to my reports and enjoy hearing my reporting and then there are people who you know are more a little bit more misogynistic and they they don't respect it if it doesn't come from the top two dogs and you know call thing call me things like clout chasing things like that and and which is funny because it's not that I need the clout if you will I mean I've been somewhat well known in the Miami sports market for a variety or rather for numerous years so it's not like I need any more exposure um, but you know it's okay see, you know I can I can take it you know I'm built for it and I find it funny though that my sources are under attack when I was one of the first people to announce that Jimmy Butler was coming to Miami like three weeks before it actually happened I did it on the show so it's funny that the sources are now under attack as well because things don't work out I think people don't realize that reporters report rumors and things that could happen but we're not psychics you know there are things that happen that I'm just like thrown off by like the drew holiday trade no had no idea that was going to happen so I mean you know with the good comes the bad but I'm, I'm built for it I can take it
3: yeah believe me we get it all the time and if we're getting it I could just imagine what you get so
1: oh yeah definitely I mean you add the you incorporate the fact that you know you're a woman and a young woman in a male dominated field and it's just another you know sword kind of thrown your way or a dagger thrown your way and um You know, like I said, it comes with the territory. The block button's there. The mute button's there for a reason. I, you know, use it when need be. But for the most part, I just kind of let people you know, talk and talk amongst each other and kind of go off with the mouth. It comes with the territory, you know?
3: Well, most of my slander comes from a, uh, is, is about cargo shorts and the size of my forehead. So <laughs> listen, I'm right there with you. I know I know it's tough out there in the streets,
0: both of which are allowed. Uh, actually, there's, a, there's also a story button on Twitter now, and I don't know what the hell that is. So that's uh, that I you mentioned buttons on Twitter. Uh, so, Ashley, let, let's get to a couple of things because you mentioned Giannis and I'm sure yeah. it wasn't just the Heat fans that we're all over you because they loved your report. Uh, initially, uh, it, it would have been more of the Bucks fans. that would have been all over you because uh, I, I've been dealing with Bucks fans now for a year mm-hmm. since, since I sent out one little innocent tweet, which was based on information. It was not just based off speculation, you know, that the Heat were building a team for Giannis to love. That's it. I sent one sentence for my personal account. Uh, the thing got like, I don't know, like ten thousand likes and, and basically has been retweeted repeatedly since. And Bucks fans all came after me for that. Uh, but I've been making this case for a while that this was basically LeBron 1.0 in Cleveland 2.0 that this is, it's, it's, it's like the same circumstances have been playing out like it's a slow car crash for the past year where Whoa. it's been, it, it's, well, it's been very similar to what, yeah. Lebron, what LeBron was dealing with, where he couldn't get any anybody better than Mo Williams to play with him. Uh, they, they, then, you know, think they, they didn't get, they couldn't get to the finals. There was talk about how he needed more help didn't have enough shooting around him. They tried to get Bosch. They tried to get Stonemaier. They couldn't get either of them. They end up then, you know, unloading the clip for Antoine Jameson. uh, And it feels a little bit like they just did the same thing last night for drew holiday. uh, And and I don't know he's going to stay based on your information. And again, I I know all this is fluid. Mm -hmm. Do do you think that the bucks would have done that last night? if they didn't have a commitment from Giannis that he was going to stay?
1: I, that's, that's the million dollar question personally, in my own belief. And after covering basketball for so many years, my answer would be no. Now do I think that means that he's going to sign the Supermax? again? I don't think so. I think this is going to be an experiment. And if I were Giannis and I think about other situations and other players, Maybe not, you know, exactly black and white, the exact same breakdown of this, but since situations that are somewhat similar, the best thing for him to do would be to kind of see how this plays out. Because on paper, you know, this is a team that you think at least starting five should be able to go the distance. But everybody knows that what's on paper and what actually translates to the court are two totally different things. Also, that was a lot to give away for somebody who may end up leaving. So I think the Bucs have some sort of verbal commitment, verbal agreement from Giannis that's saying, look, whether or not I stay for the long run is different, but at least I'm gonna be here for this season. Let's see what happens. Now, do I think it's in his best interest, as I said, not to sign that Supermax? Absolutely, because if you sign it and you're stuck in a situation that's just not going to work, then you're gonna be kind of upset, kicking yourself. Like, why did I do this? I still believe that there's a big chance that Giannis can come to South beach. Now, is it going to be through a trade? Probably not. But when that free agency hits and from what I've been told by various people, that that free agency was kind of Pat Riley was rubbing his hands, doing that bird man hand rub, hoping that that was a situation that he would be able to acquire Giannis if that does end up happening, because that means that the heat have to give up a lot less to get him.
0: Yeah. It becomes very opposite from the Carmelo situation a few years ago where the Knicks gutted the roster to get Carmelo, but that's because Carmelo wanted them to do that because he wanted his money and he wanted to get there sooner. And if he hadn't, you would have had Wilson Chandler and Gallinari, and then you would have had a real chance Mm -hmm. uh, to win. Uh, Let me throw this to you guys here on this. It, 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 we talked about this a little bit in the, in the first segment, but if he doesn't sign the supermax in mid December, then it does it just. And again, I mentioned, I think, I think bud is like the last thing I think it's, It's give this a chance for one more year, and then okay, if it doesn't work out, we'll change the coach. Like that—that's always where things go. That's the only other piece you can change. But but going and I'll throw this to you, Alex. If if you look at if if you even think you have that twenty-five percent chance of things blowing up in Milwaukee this year, if you're Pat, do you still stand by and just don't do anything to jeopardize it? Just again, add pieces that don't don't mess up twenty twenty one.
2: Yeah. No, I'm still there, man. I'm still there, and like I said. Earlier in this pod, I, I do think, it, you know, it just, I like where the heat are going. I like, you know, we talked about Wes Matthews and Paul Millsap and Gallinari and looking at those guys and trying to get them on short-term deals. Like I think that's exactly what the move, the moves that they should be looking at other than, you know, obviously the, you know, the big name guys that we always talk about, but I'm with you right there. Like, I think the Bucks had to do it regardless. And, you know, like Ashley actually said, they gave up a lot to do it. They, they mortgage a lot of their picks at the end of the day, like, I'm not as sure that they got that they got the extension commitment from Giannis. I obviously don't have information on that. It does kind of feel like a little bit of both like Giannis obviously co-signed the deal and these, these guys are upgrades to what they had in the starting lineup. But at the end of the day, they still got to go out there and actually get to the finals. Right? Like I think that's kind of the onus is on them to actually go out and, you know, being being able to fill up the roster with veteran minimum spots and go out there and actually beat beat up on the rest of the Eastern Conference. It's gonna to be tough this year. Like, especially if Brooklyn gets hardened, even if they don't, the Eastern Conference is gonna to be tough and the, the Bucks should be the favorite, but they, they gotta actually do it. Like they cannot mess up again. Are the Bucs
1: the favorite though? Yeah. I, if, I don't think they are. Well, <laughs> I mean it's they're... either
2: gonna be the Bucs or the Nets, that's for sure. I, I don't even
3: think i I mean if I you think the Nets at, would be
1: the fa- favorite to come out of the East definitely. I if think they, the Nets
3: would be the favorite? I think uh the Celtics haven't they still have a chance to upgrade. Well, they yeah. shouldn't be. Um, I don't know if the Bucks are the favorite <laughs> just because they got Drew Holiday. Like I think we're we're putting a lot on the name Drew Holiday. Like I've always liked. Well, him look, as a they got player. two
2: upgrades. They got two upgrades. And at the end of the day, I'm with you, man. Like they they sacrifice a lot of depth. I do think they're going to be able to get a lot well, of regular season wins. Good.
3: George, George Hill was really good in the regular season. Like, like I agree, like, man. I was talking like all season. Lost. We've act like they've only upgraded. Like they haven't lost anything. I, nice. like. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on them. Like I think they did the right thing. But I, at the end of the day, I don't think. They made this grandy. They made this huge move that moves the needle and puts them yeah. at the. But that's top what I'm trying to say. For years to come. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just I don't even think they're the favorites
0: right now. Well, you you know what's fascinating to me, and then I want to I want to talk about Be a little bit, is that everything that we're talking about with Giannis, like LeBron has done these same things, and I know I come off as a LeBron stand, but like LeBron's done some of these same things and gotten killed for them. Like if 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 LeBron like LeBron didn't give the commitment to Cleveland. Right. The first time around. Right. And they made moves sort of with his say. So the Antoine Jameson (laughs) move he approved of. And then he left anyway. And we shat on him down. I didn't. But a lot of people did in Miami because, again, Paul Gasol might have come if LeBron was going to be here. And Pat didn't consult him on McRoberts and Granger. And he didn't like those moves. And, of course, he said in a tweet that he liked Shabazz Napier. And the Heat were like, OK, we got to take Shabazz Napier now. And everybody in Miami killed him for it. But I feel like if Giannis, I feel like the, the narrative is so different that, like, and I like Giannis a lot. Okay. But like if he lets the season play out and they don't win, I think most people are going to say, well, he gave it a chance. Like, would you say that about LeBron? Would anybody say that about LeBron?
1: I would, I would. I think also the difference is that LeBron left a championship winning team. And I think a lot of that rubbed people a lot the wrong way, whereas Giannis is coming out of a situation where the Bucs had a very early exit in the playoffs this year. I think a lot of people, myself included, based on how they performed before the pause happened, I had them going, coming out of the East. So I think it shocked a lot of people. And of course, the bubble, the argument everyone has is bubble basketball was a completely different, you know, atmosphere than regular playoff basketball. So that's why we saw a lot of teams who nobody really had coming out or making it second round, going to the finals having, you know, having them come out of various situations. But I think a, that situation with the Bucs not performing to the level people thought they were supposed to really shocked a lot of people. And I think it probably shocked Giannis as well. And I think that is going to be a big factor. All eyes are going to be on this Bucks team come the start of the season, because if they still don't perform when they have all these quote unquote pieces that are supposed to make it so that they can perform, I don't see why Giannis stays. And if he does stay, you start to wonder, does he really want to win a championship or is it about money? And there's nothing wrong with playing just for money. Let me make it clear. 200 plus million dollars, that's a good deal to play basketball. I would take that. Sometimes it's not about the rings. But I mean, if he really wants to win a championship and this team does not perform, I don't care if you get Jesus to coach them; it's just not going to happen. Like it's you got to figure out what the next step is. I maybe.
3: think Jesus could devise some good plays. Maybe, well, maybe <laughs> not Jesus. Like, but better maybe, than Buduholzer, no. the walk yeah. on water play. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> I mean, one of the things when okay, when you look at the Bucks, what has Giannis run into uh, the last few years? Teams being able to scheme against him in the playoffs because they don't have a true second option. Mm-hmm. Bringing Drew Holiday, their second option is still Chris Middleton. Yeah. Okay. Like, so they have not solved the, the, well, the, the biggest issue. Don't tell me Bogdanovich. Cause I'm a to reach through.
2: I'm going to choke
3: the shit out of you. If you try to tell me, I don't even know which Bogdanovich it is. I don't care which one it is. Like, don't tell me that. Uh, no, that- no, no, no. I'm what I'm saying. They have not solved the central problem of the Milwaukee Bucks. One, Mike Budenholzer does not know how to scheme an offense around Giannis in the playoffs when the entire defense is keyed on him. And two, they do not have a second option offensively that can take the burden off of Giannis. That was not fixed by bringing in Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday. I'm sorry, but you're right. I wasn't going to disagree with you. I know, but I know I felt the Bogdanovich take coming from you, and I was going to get fire hot over here.
2: I was actually going to say that where they actually upgraded was being able to have a point guard, where, like, Holiday is definitely still probably the third option. Like, I think Middleton is probably the better offensive option for sure at this point. But uh, being able to bring in a point guard, obviously he's no Chris Paul. That's a different story. But Drew Holiday as a point guard, as a facilitator, definitely an upgrade over Bledsoe and another guy who can, you know, can guard twos and threes where Bledsoe really can't. And, you know, Bogdanovich is a good player, too. But I'm with you, man. Like, I do think, like, you brought up a really good point, being able to scheme against them. Like, I'm not sure these moves really helped mm-hmm. with that like they they helped in the sense of yeah bogdanovich is a good shooter drew is an upgrade over Bledsoe. so but at the end of the day the heater probably still gonna end up running that same defensive game plan that works so well against the bugs and be like okay let drew and bogdanovich shoot this time last time it was wesley exactly. matthews last time it was eric Bledsoe. it's like we're just gonna let them shoot this time and you know maybe maybe they're a little bit more dangerous but they're gonna be so damn tired yeah. from playing 40 minutes a game because they have no backups
0: <laughs> yeah i mean I was, I think, and, I, don't they just and, solve this problem if they just kept brogdon like, is any yep. of this necessary? Like, I, I feel like this is all because they didn't want to pay Brogdon at the time. Like, if you do that, do you do any of this?
2: They could have had Brogdon and kept all of those picks and use it on a different trade.
0: Right, right.
2: Or even even, even use it on Drew with, while keeping Brogdon and getting, you know, somebody else out of there. Like, they, they definitely missed out on Brogdon, I think.
1: I think it's also interesting because for weeks, I mean, the speculation about where Drew Holiday was going, there was a handful of teams that kept circulating. It was Denver. It was Brooklyn. It was the Celtics. It was even Miami at one point until, you know, the reports came out that Tyler Hur was not going to be an option. So the fact that the Bucs just kind of came out of left field to really swoop in and take what I think, you know, you can say was one of probably the most sought after, you know, people via a trade, players via a trade right now thus far Definitely raises a couple of red flags. Like, okay, why did they rush to make a decision and such a costly one? Is it, was it, it is only one of two options? They either promised Giannis because the word was that they did not go after Chris Paul the way that they were supposed to when Giannis made it clear that that was one of the people that he wanted to play with. Uh, Reports came out that that was Mm. not something that they even looked at. Or two, was it a way to say, look, we're trying to get you what we can get you. Please stay with us. It's only one of the two options. So whether it was a verbal commitment or it's a way to entice him to stay, only time will tell. But I think it's very telling how quickly the Bucks rushed in to take Holiday and what they gave up.
0: That's really interesting. All right, we're going to get to the Bradley Beal conversation here in a second after a word from safecubbies.com. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I first want to tell you about one of our most important sponsors. We've talked about them a lot, but now they've got new offerings. And as you know, COVID-19 is not gone, so you've got to make your environment, whether it's your school, you want to tell your administrator, whether it might be your business, maybe you are the boss, maybe you want to tell the boss, or whether it's a residence, you want to make the place safe, so you got to check out safecubbies.com. They've got custom sneeze guards and shields, and also they stock sneeze guards and shields. They do office partitions. Again, they work with restaurants, businesses, schools, and more. They do floor decals for the social distancing. They do the PPE and COVID signage. They also can put in the touch-free sanitizer stands with or without the branding, and they do branded face masks as well. And Safe Cubbies will come out and perform a a site survey to provide a free estimate for you. And, of course, they will do the installation. So reach out to them. Mention five reasons. We've had many, many people who followed us. They've gone to them. They've been very, very satisfied. So check out safecubbies.com for all of your safety needs during the pandemic. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Ashley Nicole Moss is joining us. Now, you've been doing some reporting on Beal as well. I mean, that's another one that we've been chasing in Miami now for a couple of years. Uh, Candace Buckner, who covers Washington, came on a pod with me a year ago and basically guaranteed that Brad was going to want to stay in Washington, didn't want to leave. But we also have had others on, like Jay McElfalkos, who knows uh, Brad pretty well, who thought that there would be a parting here at some point. Um, What do you think from your reporting Do you have any information about what he wants to do or maybe what Washington will do?
1: So here's the thing, Bradley Beal is a rare, rare breed. And I say that because he is probably one of the last loyal people there are in the NBA today. And I say that because he is very determined to make his situation with the Wizards work, especially his relationship with John Wall. He's very determined to make that work, to make a run. And it seems like every year he falls short for one reason or another. But I have been told, and it's well-known knowledge, not just by myself, but various other reporters, that if he were to leave D.C., that the top of his list, the team at the top are the Miami Heat. So there has been speculation. You know, I reported yesterday that Miami was just preliminary looking into what a trade situation with Washington could potentially look like if that bridge was something that they had to cross. Obviously, there were a couple of names that I mentioned. It was Robinson. Robinson. It was none. It was Tyler Hero, and it was either going to be a draft pick in this draft or their first round draft pick in the 2022 draft. Obviously, now the report's coming out about John Wall and possibly a Westbrook trade that sends Wall to Houston and Westbrook to D.C. Now, I don't know if that then will change things for Bradley Beal because he is adamant about wanting to play with Wall and wanting to make a run with the two of them together in Washington. Now, if he ends up leaving, and he and Westbrook ends up going to DC. I don't know if that like I said changes Beal's mindset of like okay, well, I'm just, you know, going to call it quits and I'm going to go elsewhere. Again, there has been no conversations. Beal hasn't said to anybody he wants to trade. I said yesterday that Washington is adamant and very confident in the fact that Beal will be with the Wizards come December 22nd. So right now it's just a lot of speculation, but I feel like Heat Nation and Heat fans have been chasing Bradley Beal for seasons. He's like Moby Dick, if you will. So it just, every year his name constantly circulates. But I think this John Wall situation has the potential to cast a net on that white whale, if you will. And that's something we have to watch really closely.
0: Well, here's the thing about it, Alf, that I don't get. All right. So if you're trying to show Bradley Beal that you want want to win with him and that you respect what he wants and he has been this loyal to you i mean I, ashley's right i mean it's pretty much bradley beal and dame lillard like those are the two mm-hmm. right now that's like, the list. like like yeah like kg was Giannis? back yeah like well, kg was Giannis back is in...
3: about to be able to prove it but... well
0: exactly He's, <laughs> right exactly but but i mean even he has stepped out a little bit and, and sort of forced their hand. some i mean kg stayed in minnesota forever long be long past when he should have uh but and, and he had to be convinced to accept the trade to boston where ended up winning the championship. So sometimes it happens for guys, but it happens later. Now, Beal's been in the damn NBA for a decade, but he's still a relatively young player um, because of how young he came in. Do you, uh, I mean, it's the same thing I asked about Giannis. Like, would you make the the Drew Holiday move without some kind of a commitment from Giannis? Would you go out and trade John Wall or even explore trading John Wall where it gets to Shams? Okay, so it's going to get into the public space. If you're really planning on keeping Bradley Beal, that doesn't make any sense to me.
3: I think the first, the, your first mistake you're making is trying to make sense of something the Washington Wizards are doing. That is like <laughs> one of the dumbest, most poorly run franchises in the entire league. Like they are just like, that's one of the reasons, like I think the Heat fan, Heat fans are so hot on to Beal because no one can fathom why you would want to stay with that team and with that organization. Like, why would you sign an extension to stay there? They have mishandled basically every move they could possibly make. And here's another one. If they actually are talking about trading John Wall and they haven't talked to Bradley Beal first, like, could you imagine how pissed off this guy is? And the next thing, who brings in Westbrook to keep their star player? Like, yeah. We've yeah, seen, yeah. We've, we've watched this story before. We know how it ends. Like, you don't bring in Westbrook to 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 keep your guy happy. you bring in Westbrook to piss everybody off. I, I So, I mean, what the Washington Wizards are doing, who the F knows, right? I have no idea. Wow. I mean, I, yeah, that was I think great.
1: also, and I think also it's interesting because for days now, I mean, the reports have been the trade market, you know, for Westbrook is very, very slim. You know, people, the league feels, teams within the league rather feel that he has no trade value. And then, and that has been the story up until probably four or five o'clock this afternoon. So the fact that this report came out, kind like, again, out of left field, that Houston of all teams would be looking to send Westbrook to DC and then getting John Wall. I mean, obviously Houston would be coming out on, the longer end of the stick here. But what does that do for Washington, especially when Bradley Beal has made it clear publicly, probably internally that he wants to win and he wants to do it with John Wall. It just doesn't make sense. Something's not adding up.
0: Well, the other part of it is the Houston side of it. And as I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, the Houston owner doesn't really want to trade Harden. So I think we're assuming he's going to end up in Brooklyn now because that's been the reporting. And I still think that probably happens he really doesn't want to trade him. And it's just interesting to me, how bad must the relationship be between, to Alf's point, how bad must the relationship be between Harden and Westbrook? Now, I know that Harden and Wall have a relationship. I get that. But still, you're trading for a guy who's coming off a major, major injury, who hasn't really been playing or effective in two seasons, with a contract that's no better than the one you're sending out, you know, I mean, what does that say about the Harden Westbrook relationship? And and so it Mm -hmm. comes back to this. I think both ways like there's this assumption. Well, first thing, I mean, the Russ thing, Alf and I kind of handled a year ago and I was wrong because I would have thrown Tyler Hero into a trade and I was an idiot. But if you look at at Harden, it also is one of the reasons why I question the whole idea of, well, he goes to Brooklyn and they're the favorites. I don't know how that thing's going to work with him and Kyrie. I don't know how that thing's going to work with Kyrie and Durant. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I don't think we can assume this. It doesn't seem like anybody wanted to play with James Harden in, in Houston, like everybody yeah. wanted to leave. So, so that's part of it. Um, Ashley, I want to transition. because have only got a couple minutes left. You've been, you've been out there with some more things. Is there anything else that you've been reporting that, you know, that's kind of moving a certain direction that you feel strongly about?
1: I think the heat are going to make a push for Vernon Carey jr. Um, in the draft, you know, he has a great relationship with Stanley Remy, who is a big NBA trainer. Um, he has trained D Wade. He's trained Jimmy Butler. He's worked with Tyler Hero. So he has a Harden great relationship. Too. And yeah, Harden well, too. Well, Harden as well. Yeah. But regarding Miami Heat guys, we're not talking about Harden. Okay. We're not bringing him. <laughs> um, he has a great relationship, not only with the franchise, the organization itself, but with the players of that organization. So I think that's a guy who definitely keep your eyes out for, because like I said, he's been working with Remy all off season. Um, even before, you know, during the regular season when guys are preparing for the draft and things like that. Um, college guys, not professional guys for everyone listening. But I definitely, it's, it's definitely a player I would keep my eyes on. And again, Myers Leonard is expected to leave in free agency. So that is a big man spot that needs to be filled. And I was told very early in the beginning of off season, probably in the beginning of October, that Miami was really looking to build size because of their run against the Lakers one of the things that they felt they were drastically missing was the ability to compete with the Lakers size wise. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, there were injuries and other things that came into the picture that obviously made that series go a lot different than on paper you would have predicted. But Miami, I've been told has really, really wanted to draft size for a while, but specifically after that, you know, playoff series, the final series rather against the Lakers, that is now a top priority to, for them, which is another reason, probably why the rumors about Giannis have been circulating. I mean, that's a big guy. You yeah. know, he may have his shortcomings in other aspects of the game, but one thing he has is the size that Miami dre- desperately feels like they need.
0: Well, they can always bring Whiteside back as a veteran. Oh
1: God! <laughs> 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 and, <laughs> his <laughs> house,
0: his house is free. Myers left the house, so he can. No, come he's back, back in like his him. house do you think his fish are still there i don't know i'm not really sure uh ashley we appreciate you taking the time and so much time with us you can follow her again wait on wait Twitter. Ethan! don't let her off the hook
3: what's that Ashley, what's your favorite basketball team
1: unfortunately
0: i'm a new york knicks fan oh my
1: Boom. god wow. <laughs> <Sorry about> that. <laughs> that
0: explains all of it ashley unfortunately. I, admit,
1: I grew up one as
0: well i had an, i had a john Sturks, starks jersey. it's the only jersey i've ever owned Um, but at least I can say I was rooting for the Knicks during the Riley years before I came down. So it's okay. It's acceptable. (laughs) It's (laughs) It's acceptable to most. Uh, but we appreciate you coming on. Follow her. Um, Ashley, Nicole Moss on Twitter. Alf, Alex, we'll be back with you on the stream on Wednesday night, Friday night. Alf, start drinking now, okay? I'm sending the Biscayne Bay Brewing over. Yeah, check the more out our sponsors. I sponsor- think
3: about watch- having to watch the draft uh, the more I want to start drinking. I,
0: I don't so. even want to be on it with you. Baz- Biscayne <laughs> Bay Brewing, com, and of course, onecalllegal.com for the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Thanks to our sponsors. We'll be talking to you a lot this week.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.